Blog Talk Radio. course welcome back to another fine installment of the curvy Head show where of course i bring you alternative sounds and multicultural opinions today's guest definitely has the emphasis of alternative sounds and who i'm talking about is dino from the critically acclaimed well-respected post-punk band but they're more than that and who i'm talking about is the past So I am looking forward to having them on. If you have questions, definitely come on in and call in at area code 713-955-0571. But before we get into today's musical fiasco, of course, let's do some riot talk, shall we? So I finally got my desk. It came in today. I was really pumped. And I have it installed and everything. It's kind of a little bit wobbly, but it's really helping with the actual interface for the show. And it's just making things less cramped in my studio space here. And on top of that, I am going to start working on makeup tutorials because that was the number one thing that everybody requested. Everybody was like, come on, Belasian Queen, you got to do makeup. You got to make sure your face is looking fierce. That's how you get the sexy people talking to you. You know what I mean? You know exactly what I mean. But that is besides the point. Let's get into the music and find out later why the heck is GameStop stop selling retro gaming systems? I don't get this at all. It's really pissing me off. And you know when I'm pissed off, I go in or I go home. So here is our guest, fabulous band coming from New Orleans. Please check them out at The Real Pest on Twitter, and I'm excited to have him here. Here is the pest with I Admit It. I admit it. I won't get into it. 
Your chick lying, Chuck. She got a dick. She is a liar. Her pants are on fire and there's no extinguishing them. Never a bluebird, a blackbird, a bluebird, a Russian, a Romanian. She is a liar. Her pants are on fire again. She is a liar.
know what they say about the jealous ones They turn to enemies And you know that I'm hot right now And I feel your energy And that shit is really me Funny, I know a hater gonna hate There's no way you put your weight on me On me, on me You can't throw the shade on me
And that was a throwback to the 80s when I actually had some hair. But, of course, that was Rockwell with Somebody's Watching Me. And, of course, many people don't know about that song. Michael Jackson was actually featured as not a main singer, but a backup singer. And that's kind of unusual. But before I get Dino on, let me tell you a little bit more about the pest. Hailing from one of the world's most fascinating cities, a unique melting pot of culture and music, the Pests are one of New Orleans' longest-running and most popular post-punk bands. The band recently paid homage to their punk roots with the early 2014 release, A Disturbance in the Gulf, featuring songs such as Piss and Manicine and Kill Her Some More. That is probably going to be the name of my autobiography. But <laughs> without further ado, we have Dino on the line. How are you, my friend? I'm okay. Thanks for having me on. And uh, actually, that's very funny. You know, the way you bring up Piston Menacing and Killer Some More. You know, you know, it almost sounds like one of those old KTEL commercials. You know, and who can forget such <laughs> classics like Kill Her Some More? You know. <laughs> that's so true, and I'm so honored to have you on because, like, for me. I just I love bands that they have just such an interesting story and you know you guys you know separated for some time you came back to center but the core of your music and the core of your principle to me you know from what I've listened to the last couple of weeks is that you're just very straightforward and that is just so refreshing in a time when people you know, just tend to, you know, be something that the labels want them to be. You guys decided to go your own route and start your own label. So how was that journey, like, starting off before, you know, you got all the different label authors and, and then all those type of issues started to ensue later on? Well, you know, that's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take it back to the beginning, you know. Um, uh, Simplified was recorded, oh, wow, man, it's going, all, it's almost 20 years ago now. Oh. And that was a that was a generally pretty angry sounding record, and it was legit. You know, we had just gotten together. You know, you know, we didn't really know each other too good, and the studio that we were in was giving us a hard time. You know, just by coincidence, it was actually the studio where um, where uh, Cash Money was actually in there at the at the same time. You know, when they were first starting out, and needless to say, they were able to throw around much more money than the little independent band. So. We'd go in there, and the board would be completely messed up and everything. So, you know, we ended up sounding pretty angry and everything, and it was basically legit, you know. Um, you know, uh, i got to say, you know, without mentioning names either, to name drop in a good way or just to either step on toes, you know, we did have a really big offer come by us at, at, at one point, and uh, I'll just say that that producer has recently passed away, in case anybody can figure out who I'm, who I'm talking about. And that 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 really messed us up, you know. Uh, you know, we lost rights to some songs. We couldn't play together for a while, and everything else. So when we did get back together, we said we're we're doing this our way. Period. You know, and uh, I appreciate what you said about saying that you can hear the honesty or whatever in what we're doing, because we do feel like that we're very honest. It, it, it's just this is just who we are. I mean, if if you're not gonna like it, then don't like it. If if no one's gonna sign it or want to book us then don't but this is just who we are and you know we're not changing yeah and that's that's something that you know i've really noticed that a lot of particularly too this this generation really struggles with it's like like you mentioned you know you get a nice offer and it's great and you get that notoriety and everything like that but there sometimes is a huge price 
to pay um, to be recognized like that? And what compelled you guys to say, you know what, I'm going to do the independent route? And how challenging is that? Because, I mean, to go independent, you know, it's not easy as well as, you know, being offered, you know, to a label um, where you, you know, have a little bit more of a budget. But what people don't realize is you're going to have to pay that back in some type of residual in some shape or form. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say, you know, without getting too boring and in, into too many details, um, as far as the business end of it goes, it is rough. It's very rough, you know. Um, our our management put it uh, the best. He called what we did getting a team together, you know. Um, you start with, honestly, whatever one you can get first, whether it's the PR, the booking agent, or just whoever. And then from there, you just start – you just start branching out, you know. Um, I there's definitely a lot of uh, sacrifice, you know, the way you're talking about younger bands that want to get on labels or whatever. Um, you know, they uh, they have to fit a mold of some kind, and that that's something that we struggle with a lot. Is uh, people want to be able to say, okay, what do you play? Now, give me this one term as to what you do, even if it's something crazy like, you know, screamo grindcore or whatever. They want a phrase. They want a word that they can pigeonhole you with, and they put you into a a, a uh, existing or pre-made audience. And we don't have that. Play what we feel like, and you know, some people are like genre X like it. Some people are like genre Y like it. And it's 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 definitely challenging, but we're starting to make some headway finally. Yeah, cause I and I've noticed that progression. I mean, to me, I feel that you guys do represent, you know, what people, what I would consider to be the American experience. I mean, you guys are coming from New Orleans, and let's be honest here. I mean, when most people think of New Orleans, um, you know, they think of. For me, my experience has been with hip hop. So, how has the post punk movement, especially for you guys, you know, how has that? you know, has changed for you over time? Because, like, people, there are a few people that I see representing punk the way that it's supposed to be represented. Now it's more of, like, you're shopping at Hot Topic and it's something that's cool, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I'll I'll answer the back part of that question first, you know, or just touch on that, you know, the way you say that, yeah, punk really is just a word that I almost don't, don't even want to be associated with anymore because you're right, it is very watered down, very, you know, you could say commercial, hot topic, or, or whatever. It's like, no, I don't know. You know, when I was growing up, you know, punk and, you know, some types of metal, especially if you get into, like, Slayer or something, was something that you could get, like, disowned from your family about, you know. It wasn't something that could be so easily accepted. Um, but back to the uh, post-punk thing or post-grunge and, you know, whatever else that we're being called, you know, it's kind of a weird thing just because, Again, I hate to sound like a broken record and say the same thing over and over again, but it's just really just just who we are, you know. So I can't say that we got together so we could sound post-punk or whatever. It's just we've always sounded that way, you know. Like, actually, we had what I'll call a negative album review, and they called us a uh, post-grunge band that, you know, we would have done incredible, you know, bigger in the 90s or just whatever. And it was like... Well, yeah, that's who we are. You know, so I mean, you know, you know, we're not putting on airs in any direction. That's just who we are. So if we're post punk, that's because we, that's how we started. 
<laughs> you know, so there's no real genre that we're trying to fit into with that. That's it's just legit. <laughs> I I love critics, man. They uh, they always crack me up because it's like they just they never actually listen to the actual context of where the artist is coming from with some of them. I just, cause I get the sure. same thing from, you know, from a radio standpoint. Um, it's like, if I'm not PC with certain things, then, you know, you're going to get a negative review when this is just how, you know, I represent myself or in, in that case, you know, how you guys represented yourselves. And I mean, with your album, the current album a damn fine mixture. I mean, it got mastered by Scott Hall. I mean, Rage Against the Machine, you know, Beastie Boys. I mean, I would put you on the same level of that, you know, being well-respected. So it's like you don't have to – that's the thing I always tell people is you don't really have to prove anything when the material is already there. Um, That's how I'd like to – Think about us, sure. Um, I appreciate everything that you just said, you know, you know, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I've always thought that even if it takes a while, you know, they say, you know, proof is in the pudding, whatever, cream rises to the top and all, all those little things, whatever. But that's just all it is for us, you know, is are we going to put out what we think is good, you know, and that's it. And if we're wrong and it's not good, well, so be it. You know, we're going to it out like that anyway, you know, <laughs> you know, um, and it's funny, you know, the way you talk, you know, we were talking about the negative reviews and a lot of times in what they might be calling negative, it's actually things that maybe we would like, you know, like the, the same guy really thought he was putting down Steve Halpern, our singer and, and writer, really the main guy saying that he sounds like he's gargling gasoline and broken glass. I'm like, well, I mean, that sounds like a really cool finger to me, so that would make me buy it. <laughs> I, yeah, I would buy it as well. I mean, you know, if you're comparing my voice to, you know, to gasoline, then, yay, call me sure. premium then. Absolutely. I think for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get a little bit more in-depth with your new album, A Damn Fine Mixture. Where did the title come from? Because that really woke me up when I was like, oh, A Damn Fine Mixture. I'm like, oh, this is... This this is definitely going to um to be compelling, that's for sure. Man, I would love to sit here and like give you this grand story about <laughs> what it means and all this stuff. But you know, honestly, no. Uh the original title for the album was something that we couldn't agree on, you know. Uh I didn't want to use one, Chuck didn't want to use another one, and we went back and forth. And a damn fine mixture is a line in the song All Nighter. And, you know, uh, Steve pretty much has creative control over just about everything. You know, that's, you know, because he's, he's the writer, he's the vision behind it. So if he, if he says something, uh, unless it's something we really disagree with, it's just, you know, we're going to go with what you say because we trust you. And he's in a damn fine mixture. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That does sound pretty cool. So, I'd love to sit here and say it means something grand, but it doesn't. It's just a really cool sounding line from one of the songs. No, I like it though. I, I definitely do. And yeah, that's that's always interesting to me with with groups or with bands is that, you know, how do you resolve conflict properly? Because I mean, some of the most, you know, iconic bands that I know, you know, when they go through a breakup, it's a nasty breakup and you know, they're not able to come back together. Like, what inspired you guys to say, okay, this is the right time uh, to come back together versus, you know, 
just saying, well, we should just go our separate ways. Yeah, uh, man, that's, uh, it was a little more organic, you know, uh, you know, uh, I hate to sound cliche, you know, but being that we are from New Orleans, you know, one of the first things that pops into your head is Katrina. And that had a lot to do with it, you know. Um, we had been apart for a while. We had we had continued to play with each other in different bands, bouncing around back and forth. So we were always in contact and, you know, remained friends. Um, but for the most part, Chuck was really shell-shocked about the entire industry after everything that we had, had gone through in the uh, – late 90s, early 2000s. And, um, you know, so after after Katrina, you know, it was like I just called up Steve finally. I'm like, dude, you know, man, you know, we just witnessed how quickly life can change, you know. Let's, you know, this shouldn't have stopped, man. Let's, let's get this back on course. And we did. <laughs> and it worked out. Yeah, I, that's, you know, that's one thing I, I realized myself. You know, when I when I saw Katrina and how that it just brought people together that usually um, would have never talked together. So that's really refreshing to me that, you know, it could take that one experience. to. And I'm glad. I mean, you guys are back. I mean, I've always, you know, enjoyed, you know, I listened through your discography and I've always enjoyed um, what you've done. I've enjoyed that you, you know, all of you just. Or it's just a cohesive unit. I mean, you guys may disagree on things, like you said, um, but at least you're being cohesive with it. I have to ask you about fashion mm-hmm. because I always find that, you know, with women, you know, they always say that, you know, for us, it's a lot of maintenance and, and things like that. But what inspires uh, your fashion? Because I see a lot of old school. I see the acid wash going on. So, <laughs> uh huh. well, you know, uh, Again, I'll throw around the word honesty, you know. Um, We are three drastically different guys, and, you know, it's just who we like to be, you know. Um, Chuck is a very old school. He loves the 80s stuff, you know, so he's talking about the acid wash and everything. He wears sleeveless denim full of band patches, and, man, he'll he'll go from a big dyed fin mohawk to long Iron Maiden-looking hair, you know, Um. Steve is who he is uh, in the sense that his creativity really just comes out. It's his songwriting. It's his singing, you know. So as far as his style, I will I will say it's a little laid back. You know, he's a little more of just a regular guy. Um, me, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, honestly. I, uh, you know, in... You know, a lot of times I play wearing different color suits or something. I just I just really dig the old school, like the specials and things like that. You know, that's just pretty much where it comes from. You know, it's just who we are. I mean, I could you can see me at any time during the week. I probably am, am wearing something like that, and, and the same goes for all three of us. Yeah, that's why I find it so interesting because like there's there's just so many different um, just different experiences and what you guys share in your music for sure. And, and I will be following you guys like a hawk because I just love how consistent you are. <laughs> I love the fact that you respect college radio uh, because I think yeah, a lot do. of times, you know, people don't take college radio seriously or they think it's a, a secondary thing, but it's really contributing, especially to the type of music that you guys do and how 
um, you're crossing over. Like, would you ever work with like a hip hop group? Because I always find that interesting with genres now that it's like you're either hip hop or like you mentioned too, you're either one way or the other. Have you considered doing crossovers besides hip hop, like different genres outside? Man, am I about to go live on the air and do something I said I would never do. Uh, <laughs> man. Excellent. Well, and I'll tell you, okay, now you're not exactly sure where that's going. Um, I've, I've been playing a long time, and I will tell you that in my late teen, early 20s years, I actually was a rapper. So I will say that as far as personal, sure, I love it. You know, um, the, the pests, you know, it wouldn't be a genre thing, you know, it wouldn't be that the Pest wouldn't want to do a collaboration with hip hop. It would honestly just come down to whatever's personal. You know, like you know, do we like this particular artist? Then there would be no doubt that that it would happen. You know, uh, it 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 definitely wouldn't be a genre thing because I can tell you, there's tons of metal and punk bands that we probably wouldn't wouldn't want to be around. Yeah, definitely. Cause I can see you guys working with like you know, like Kendrick Lamar or like Jean Grey, like people who really are just deep, profound thinkers. Because like, like you guys are hilarious. Like I, I, for sure, you know, you're very, very, you know, funny and I enjoy your music videos. But there's also that deeper message that um, is often there. And I think that's where people, you know, like, for example, the song you did, and there was like Nazi, like Nazism was mentioned in it, but it was not the context in which people would take it. So it's like, how do you feel about that when people just blow things, you know, out of proportion? Cause I listened to the song and I was like, this is not what, you know, everyone was putting you guys on blast for. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, first off, I will say yes, probably 90% of our material is taken wrong. Um, most of it. No, actually, let, let me just say all of it um, is, either completely biographical about Steve or at least semi-biographical about him, especially since he writes everything. And I definitely will go on the record and I will bring up Nazi Trot. Um, that It's hard to tell through the lyrics because it is trying to be a comical, sarcastic thing. Like, honestly, to me, if you took out the heavy guitars and, and the yelling, it would be something out of a Mel Brooks movie, you know, you know the way <laughs> it's got... It's got the little, uh, little halftime jazz happening in it, and it, it's it, it, it's sort of silly. But the actual story behind it is Steve actually um, – um, Steve's Jewish first, you know, and one of his close, close friends growing up, you know, he had known the guy for 20-something years at that, at that point. And one day he actually, true story, literally opens up the guy's closet and sees a shrine – with Hitler and swastikas and things like that in it. So the song is really about the shock of Steve finding that out. Like, here's a guy that he's known for all of this time. Steve's Jewish, and then finds out that this guy, who he's been so close to, is actually a very big Nazi sympathizer. And that's why there's there's a line in it, uh, um, Nazis on the floor, Nazis in the bed, Nazis in the closet, the closet, they're always in the closet. That's what he's getting at. Yeah. That's crazy. Like I, and it's like, how do you, like, how, like, how do you like absorb that? Especially, you know, being someone, 
you know, who is Jewish and that this is something that has affected Jewish people, you know, for generations. Like that's, that's similar to like, you know, how I have friends that, um, you know, make jokes, you know, about like the Confederate flag and things like that. And then they don't understand the implications of the whole North and South complication. It's not just something that just died off. There are still, you know, ancestral, uh, conflicts and things like that. So that that's really crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, and that's yeah, it's definitely a true story. And it uh, and I can't say it affected him. You know, like it hurt his feelings or anything. You know, mm-hmm. he's not really a you know touchy guy. You know, you know, you just grow up and you move on. But he did stop speaking to the guy. You know, they you know they were no longer friends. You know. But that's what the song is 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 actually about, you know. And a lot of people going going both ways took it wrong, you know. You know, some guys that were pronouns like too cool, yeah, you know. And then and then people that were mad at us about it, they took it wrong also. You know, it's like nope, it's actually just a true story about something he found out about a guy. That is so. That is really crazy. So considering your experience and what you've been through, and you know. You have the, you know, you're continuing success, you're touring all over the place. What advice would you give to people who are like, you know what, I want to do this? And so many people, they sacrifice everything. They don't get a part-time job. Like, people don't realize, like, a lot of artists work on the side while working in the industry in order to maintain some sort of stability. So what advice would you give in regards to being successful and also to people who are like, you know what, this is what I want to do. Ooh, boy, <laughs> that's a loaded one. But I'll, but I'll try. You know, honestly, I'm, I'm just gonna say I think every person and every situation is different. But you got to come at it from the mindset of that you're not gonna stop. You know, you have to believe in what you're doing. And if you know, it's, it's sort of like the old let's make a deal. You know, I mean, if if what's behind door a doesn't open or it doesn't work, then then you go for door B, and then behind that, hopefully there's another two for you to pick from. You know, um, you know, uh, I know a lot of people like you were saying, uh, you know, they struggle through part-time jobs or maybe they don't get them because they're chasing their their dreams or whatever. And you know, everybody's got to eat, everybody's got to pay their rent and and their bills. You know, but you just but you can't stop. You know, and it's sad, especially nowadays with the way the industry is, you also cannot just sit there and wait for a savior to come and give you a record deal. As we have just spoken a little while ago, too, that those record deals are all are always backloaded and you are going to be in a lot of trouble with one. It may not be something you want anyway, you know, but it's just try to carve out your path however you can do it. You know, whether it's you find a booking agent, you find a PR, you find management, whatever it is, you you just, you've got to get help. You can't do it 100% on your own. That's why, you know, the way my management put it was I assembled a team, now we can move forward. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. And what are you guys currently up to? I know, of course, with the album releases out, is there anything you want people to know right away? Because I, like I said, I will be keeping people posted. <laughs> All right, I'll say right away. Well, actually, in two weeks, we will be doing a new video uh, for the song "The The Pain." Uh, it, it we will be filming it in and around New York City. Not exactly sure where yet. Uh, 
We don't have the dates nailed down yet, but towards the end of July will be the tour starting for a damn fine mixture. You know, uh, since we since we recorded it, since it got released and everything, uh, live shows have been sort of put back. We've been doing a lot of PR and everything, hence interviews and things like that. But starting in, in, in July, here come the tour dates. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it and, and definitely make sure Wisconsin's on the map here because I will definitely come down and and check out the show because I heard you guys give a heck of a show. <laughs> We try, and Wisconsin will be on the map. I can guarantee you that. Excellent. Dino, thank you so much for coming on. I met, Oh, man, my audience was so, like, pumped uh, to have you on because I just – I truly believe that intellectualism is something that is, is so important in this industry. Like, you can be talented, but if you cannot convey your messages, um, yeah. then it's, it's absolute failure. So definitely – I have to have all three of you on because I know that would be a blast because <laughs> you guys look like you guys have so much fun and I was cracking up watching the videos and everything. <laughs> so yeah. we'll definitely have to have you back on. Thank you, and I will definitely do it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. And you just heard from Dino from the past. Make sure – Go to therealpest.com. Their site is great. Like my favorite section of their site, uh, which is their bio, it says doubt you care. But if you do, like they're just really, really great. But what Dino really illustrated and showed is that it's so important to be grounded, but then understand your mistakes. Because mistakes do happen. Nobody's perfect. And for people out there who say that they're perfect, as Tamar Braxton would say, lies they tell. Because nobody is perfect. It's part of the human condition to make mistakes. But it's also important in part of that condition to make sure that you move on from the mistakes. You know, And that's been something that I've been working on. There have been a lot of people in my life that have to be honest, have treated me like garbage. And, you know, I'm even going through that part of my faith journey, um, you know, understanding, you know, why, you know, why is it that, you know, the people who treated me wrong, you know, that sometimes I hold a grudge against them when I have this program and I've interviewed people like Dino and just wonderful people that I should be blessed about. And it's an internalized struggle. And that's why I always love having musicians on this program is all of you, the audience, the world out there to know that is so, so, so important to realize that to be successful, it is a journey. It requires tenacity. It requires intelligence. And there's just so many other factors. You see these people on TV. You see them making videos. Do not think that for some of them, it was handed to them and everything is good. You know, as you can see here, um, the pest had a journey to refine and reget and get themselves to the core of who they are, and they've kept that continuity. So please make sure go on Twitter once again, the real pest, okay, at the real pest, and also therealpest.com. You can listen to their music on there as well, and their videos are great. Like they just. <laughs> like they they really truly crack me up. So let's get back into the music. Here is an artist that definitely knows what controversy is about and often gets criticized for her image. Here is Lana Del Rey with a special remix of 
Ultra Violence.
proud. You're making me proud. You know I'm finna put work in on that pretty old thing, so I'm blowing this loud. No one down one for me that I've been through with me, my day one, that's my day. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Been right here alone and she got her own, I love that, that's my day. Uh, oh, and she knows. You're making me proud, making me proud, that's my baby. I need to change, but baby, I need to change. Get it. Two coops, two bricks, like two short. Cocktail, two blocks, and a new boss. I put my money where my mouth is. Number one, anywhere the south is. Rich niggas, you can tell by the outfits. Hot top, Sashi, I'm on that boss shit. Count cash on the tarmac. For you new niggas, gotta run a car fat. Spin numbers don't match. She telling me this money won't last.
of course. That was my girl, Tanache, representing Africa. Whoop. No. <laughs> that was Tanache with Dreams Are Real. Please make sure go to live mixtapes, okay? Please make sure livemixtapes.com to get her mixtape called Amethyst. It is fantastic. Tanache is an artist, I swear, people do not take her seriously besides the Two On song. And yeah, it's fun to dance to, but she is truly an artist. She has a very sexy, sultry, just awesome voice. Love, love, love her. Let's get into part one of the alternative beatdown, shall we? And let me know what's on your mind. I want to hear from my audience. Dagnabbit! Dagnabbit! And Ariel goes... 713-955-0571. And I am happy to announce that next week I have Lena Dawes, author of What Are You Doing Here? This book, I kid you not, has it, it shaped my life in a way that was so profound and I felt so comfortable talking about rock and heavy metal. And I've always enjoyed this music, but it was something that was an underground thing, which it shouldn't be for people of color. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into all the hot topics. She's fantastic. And she is near and dear to my heart. I, I love this woman. And I know I sound cliche about how I love every guest, but seriously, I do. You know, anybody who comes on this show is a blessing to me. And Lena is one of those people. She, she really inspired me greatly so we'll be talking to her next week and make sure to follow me on twitter you can follow me at curvy metal so at curvy metal or twitter.com slash curvy metal of course the new and improved the curvy metal head show i got some new content i'm talking about an album review today with jasmine sullivan her latest release called reality show which is pretty well done if i do say so myself which is at youtube.com slash user slash Belasian Quita. It's really annoying, but I will have all my social media. If you go to curvymetal.wordpress.com is right on top there. So when you click it, it will take you there. Also, I got to give a shout out to my Pinterest crew. What, what? No, <laughs> Pinterest. I, I just started getting into it actually. And I got to give a shout out to them. Please follow me at on Pinterest at Pinterest.com slash curvy metal. And I'm very grateful to them. I have 189 followers on there. And if you want to see, you know, more about me behind the scenes with my makeup and other funny antics, because you know me, I'm a total <laughs> jerk off goofball. Um, definitely check it out there. So with all that promotion crap out of the way, let's get into part one of this alternative beatdown. And let me tell you, we got some juicy stuff here. This is coming from BuzzFeed.com. This plus size blogger's bathing suit picture went viral for an unexpected reason. She's sick of people saying going out in a bathing suit takes bravery. So Jessica Kane, for those of you who are not familiar, she is a plus size blogger and she has a really cool blog called The Life and Style of Jessica. And she also founded the plus size blogger network called Scorch Magazine. And Scorch Magazine is awesome. If you've heard of Passion Jones, also part of that as well. She is fa just fabulous. I love this girl. So she weighs 310 pounds. So what? She's living large and she's in charge, honey. Because when she took this picture of her in a bathing suit, the internet broke. The post 
was shared over 50,000 times. But here's the thing that she brought up, and that's something I briefly want to talk about is this. Is it, are you really brave if you're a fat woman and you wear a swimsuit? And fat meaning fabulous and thick. Okay. Or as Laganja would be say, okay. But nothing wrong with that. I think she looks great for her being 35. She is rocking it. She's a size 26, 28. And when you really think about the mainstream plus size fashion scene, if you're a 26, 28, you really don't fit the demographic. I mean, most of the time, what they look for is like, I'll be honest, like a size 10, 12 to about a 24. And even if you're a 24, some of these plus size industry people will say that you're fat, which is so stupid. So I'm really refreshed to see that Jessica Kane is doing this and she looked fabulous and she looked great. It doesn't take bravery to wear a swimsuit. I think it just takes a confident woman to be comfortable with her thickness. And there is nothing wrong with that, honey. Okay. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. So Queensryche is the new material for Queensryche is great. So Queensryche, Todd Latore mentions that this new material he's working on is great. And this is coming from, blabbermouth.net. In a new tweet, Queensryche singer Todd Latore stated about the progress of a new CD recording session. So the new Reich material is sounding really great. I loved our last record 100%, but this one is definitely a new raging animal, pure effing Reich. So he did an interview with Metal Nation Radio, which is great. Um, if you have a chance to listen to them, they do fantastic interviews as well. And this is what he mentioned about what fans can expect about this new album, which is the follow-up to their 2013 release. When you've got five guys that everyone has music, different musical backgrounds, I mean, we have a common likeness for style and sound, but you know I'm always pushing. It's a fine line because I'm always pushing for heavy. And Queensryche has always been that type of heavy band, but I think it's refreshing, though, um, with their new material that it's it's getting back to the roots and it's, it's, it's going to be more raging, but it's still at the core of what Queensryche has always been known for. So good for you, Todd, for switching things up. Now, Geoff Tate asked his wife to marry again. So former Queensryche, this is like Queensryche Newsweek, right? Former Queensryche singer uh, Geoff Tate um, has asked his wife of 19 years, Susan, to marry him again. So this is what he said on his Facebook. To Susan, my best friend, thank you for sharing my life and sticking with me through hard work and children, motorcycles and sailboats, good friends and false friends, true love and betrayal, long nights and long, long, long walks, big tours, small bunks, small tours and big cars. And he just keeps going on and on about what they've been through. Um, and at the end, he says, will you marry me again? So Geoff that's the way you supposed to say his name in the first place, right? And Susan tied the knot in 1996. And then Susan started working and doing the Queensryche fan club in 1997. She also served as the band's assistant manager from 2001 to 2005. And then was the Queensryche manager from 20, uh, 2005 uh, to 2012. But currently, she's helping Geoff solo career so I will say this okay to the guys out there who give women crap you know oh you know all these girls in the metal scene are the same as you can see Susan 
suck through thick and thin. Because let's see, on the other side of it, because guys want to talk trash, I'm going to just be real and talk about the other side of the equation as well. There are a lot of women out there that do act crazy. I wholeheartedly admit that, and they're being disrespectful. So they get what they deserve in regards to that. But on the flip side, there are a lot of nice women like myself, like tons of my friends in this scene, and we get treated like trash because of the amplified stereotypes that some of these men um, want to be misogynistic with. And they don't realize that a lot of women stick by their men through, you know, abuse. They stick through them when they when they go like crazy and they're alcoholics and drugs and all of that. And that's one side of the metal industry. And then there are, you know, metal heads that are very straight edge like myself and they don't do drugs and they don't do this type of stuff. So what I want to say to conclude with this is this. I commend Susan for giving this man another chance because she didn't have to. She didn't. I mean, considering what she's you know been through with him and and all the trials and tribulations that a woman has to go through when you're dating a musician and you got these groupies that are trying to sleep with your man. And it's also contingent, too, on the man to be faithful to his wife or to his girlfriend. And there are men in metal that do that. But I just get tired of, like, guys that, you know, some of the guys that are out there that are putting, you know, women down or they think that women are not going to be faithful and they just kind of go through women like a smorgasbord where you can see here that Susan gave him another chance, which shows that real love is out there, but you don't want to be thirsty. So thank you, Susan, for, you know, raising the bar for women in metal. I really appreciate it. And Apocalyptia, which I always... Great, great band. Shadowmaker, the new album from Cello Rockers, Apocalyptia, can be streamed in its entirety with um, YouTube, actually. So Shadowmaker will be released on April 21st through the 11.7 Music Group, also known as Better Noise Imprint. So they are finished, which I love. And, I mean, they've worked with everybody, okay, including this particular record, Shadowmaker. Um, they worked with – these names are crazy, so pardon me if I say it wrong. Um, this is Nick Rouse. It's like Rouse-Skulinez. I know I'll get butchered for that, but it's okay. Um, he's worked with Foo Fighters, Deftones, and Macedon, which is three of my – favorite bands personally uh but yeah the album is great i had a chance to listen to it and yeah I, i've always liked apocalyptia I've, I've always enjoyed how um, people can take classical instruments and turn it into something that's just rocking just like susan aquella shout out to you girl love 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 your music for sure but of course let's get back into the music like always and you know me i i have to like you know just mellow it out and you know make it all sexy here is my girl Tori Amos with silence all these years excuse me but can I be you for a while my dog won't bite if you sit real still I got the antichrist in the kitchen yelling at me again yeah, I can hear Been saved again by the garbage truck I got something to say, you know But nothing comes Yes, I know what you think of me You never shut up Yeah, I can hear What if I'm a mermaid In these jeans of hers With her name still on it hey, But I don't care Cause sometimes I said Sometimes I hear my voice 
Sometimes as women, some of us out here, I hate to use the term, but we do act ratchet at times. And that's why some of these guys out here, you know, want to treat us wrong is because of that. But let's get back into part two of our alternative beatdown. And I had to kick it off with a story that I just, I want to piss all over this story if I could, because it's making me so mad as a gamer. This is coming from GameSpot.com. GameStop to start buy, to start buying, selling retro game uh, consoles and games. So the retailer to launch pilot programs where they will buy old consoles like the NES, the uh, SNES, and the Sega Genesis, and more in select markets. Not long after opening up trades for the PS2, retailer GameStop is moving forward with its previous announced plan to buy and sell even more retro gaming consoles and games. The company is planning to launch a new pilot program for co- for classic consoles, games, and accessories starting on April 25th. So, correction for what I earlier, like what I said earlier, is that they're stopping. Now they want to sell retro games. This is why I'm a little bit pissed about this. Now, let's look at let's weigh the pros and cons here quick. So a definite pro is for the people, if you're looking for games that are hard to find or if you're looking for games overall that are for these systems that normally, you know, it, it's kind of hard or you would never see it come to fruition, this is a really nice thing that GameStop is doing. However, my concern is with, of course, gaming store chains like GameStop, they're going to jack up the prices of these vintage consoles. I see this all the time at independent gaming stores where you walk in and you look at like they have an NES and it's like 150 bucks. That's absolutely absurd. So that is the reason why I was kind of a little bit pissed 
um, when I heard the story initially was because I'm like, oh, now retro gaming is not going to be retro gaming anymore. And the other thing that really irritates me is now it's cool to do retro gaming. When before, when you were playing on your NES, you know, it, it was like like people were making fun of you like social economically because you didn't have, you know, for example, now the PS4. So it's a step in the right direction, but it's not going to be everywhere, okay? The two test markets are going to be New York City and Birmingham, Alabama. I mean, that's so random. You would think they would pick somewhere like Chicago, right? Now, a spokesperson for GameStop told IGN that they could expand the program nationwide, quote, later this year if there's enough interest in the pilot market. So to be honest, this is going to be huge because let's be honest here, social economically, not everybody can afford these, you know, the fourth gen gaming systems. I mean, a PS4, you're looking at almost like $500. That's including your accessories. And that's not even including the games that are like $60 a piece. That's absolutely absurd. I've also noticed too, that there is a huge increase in PC gaming due to this ridiculousness of the fourth gen consoles coming out. Of course, there are going to be super gamers that are going to buy it regardless, but I just think it's ridiculous. You know, that now, okay, now GameStop wants to do this because they know there's going to be money involved. Um, because retro gaming, you know, considering how the economy is, is doing good, but it's not to that point yet, that a lot of parents are kind of refracting from buying these next-gen systems. Like, I've talked to a lot of parents that are like, you know, I can't afford it. So instead of doing that, people are getting the NES. Um, also, I predict there's going to be a, a even larger increase in Steam um, because you can play a lot of these type of retro games on Steam as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. So I I apologize um, for earlier. I got the story wrong, but, you know, hey, I got maybe, what, three, four hours of sleep. So sometimes that happens. Now let's move on to Crunchyroll.com. For those of you that are looking for a nice alternative to find really unique anime series, Crunchyroll is such a great site. And you pay for me, I pay $5.99 a month. And I get what are called the premium services, which allows you to have unlimited manga readings, which is really cool. So you can read all different types of manga on there, as well as getting your anime in 1080p. Oh, hallelujah, as Shangela would say. It is awesome. I just finished watching. I can't understand what my husband is saying. This has to be the most hilarious show. Like, I literally peed on myself laughing yesterday. It is a great show. It's really short, and it is available on Crunchyroll. So if you get that $5.99 membership, definitely I recommend it personally. And you know me. I don't recommend things unless it is thebomb.com. So jump on that. Sentai Filmworks licensed the Vampire Hunter D anime film. This is coming from Anime News Network. North American anime distributor Sentai Filmworks announced on Thursday that it has licensed the 1985 anime film Vampire Hunter D, and the company plans to release the film digitally and on home video. I am excited, because Vampire Hunter D is, it was definitely one of my gateway animes, and I, you know me, I, for those of you who are not familiar, I have a huge obsession with vampires, uh, from Anne Rice to True Blood, I, I and then I, I also, I have Tanya uh, Huff's books, 
um, from the show on Lifetime, which was called Blood Ties. Oh, I was so pissed that thing did not go. Oh, it was such a good show. But that's besides the point. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for that. And then this, uh, this, uh, like I'm remixing myself, right? Um, Disco Tech uh, announced in February that it licensed the follow-up sequel film, which is Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. So I'm sorry I'm all over the place today, but it has been a long day. Okay. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. It's going to really revive um, the franchise. So Bleach Manga takes a one-week break due to the author's illness. This year's 21st issue of Shua's Weekly Shoen Jumps magazine is revealing on Monday that um, Tai Kubuko uh, Bleach Manga will not appear in the issue. I know all the Bleach heads are going to freak out. The Shonen Jump editorial department is posting a notice in the issue, which explains that the manga is taking a break due to the author's sudden illness. The editorial department apologized to all the manga's readers, and then it says that the manga is slated to resume on the 22nd or 23rd issue, which will be coming out on April 22nd. So, <clears throat> and what I also found interesting, too, is Ichiro Oda's One Piece manga is also taking a break as well. Honestly, for me, I am not a fan of the popular animes, and the reason why is I feel like people just take it way too seriously. It's like, come on, it's just anime. Enjoy it. It doesn't have to be something where it's like, if you don't watch every single episode of One Piece, then you're not an anime fan. That's so stupid. Um, or if you're what they, I, I think what they like to call them are Narutards, <laughs> are these super fans of Naruto, which I think is an inappropriate term, but it is what it is. Uh, but honestly, that I think it's really good for the author to take a break. Because what people don't realize with these mangakas is that some of them don't have a life because of the fandom and they have to keep making the issues and they work long tedious torturous hours okay making this manga for us to enjoy so i really really want people to really appreciate not only the sayu for people who are not familiar sayu is the voice actors as well as the manga cause who are the illustrators and the creators and the the storytellers <clears throat> excuse me that make these series just please just appreciate because they don't have to do this, but please respect her hiatus or his hiatus. Um, so that that's good that, you know, they decided to take a break here. And to conclude, of course, let's look into the seven women in metal to watch in 2015. This is coming from metalinjection.net. I will say, okay, I love Jinx Dawson from, she's a vocalist of Coven, you know, back in the 80s. And then, of course, you have groups like Girl School. But here are some people that you may have not considered. There's Doritha Correll. Um, she is awesome. She Her band is called Windhand. They're from Richmond. They just got signed to Relapse Records, and they're currently in the process of recording their third studio album in Seattle. So she has her own solo record, too, and she's pretty, pretty good, too. Um, I just really wish they had featured, you know, I don't know, some women of color in here because it just irritates me once again that women of color get screwed in these type of lit lists. Um, I also like Julia Christmas. Um, so she is the vocalist of Made Out of Babies and Ballad of Mice. So really, really great. Love her videos too. And uh, quite frankly, 
she's very, very talented. But, yeah, those are just some women you want to watch out for in 2015. There are a whole bunch of them. Um, if you know of any way that I can really get more research about women of color in the metal scene, because it's just like they're all underground and hush-hush, and it's really stupid. So for those of you who are out there and you want a really good show – Coming up, and these are all just announced. Well, it's not coming up. It's going to be later on. In June 12th, the Whisperers are going to be coming to Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Charlie Wilson and Kem, okay, for for those of you who are not familiar with Kem, um, he wrote the song called I Can't Stop Loving You. He has great hits. They're going to be performing at the Bradley Center on the 14th. And then one woman that just really compels me with her music is Esperanza Spalding. So Esperanza Spalding, um, great bass player, one of the youngest, youngest professors at Juilliard. Um, so much props to her, but she's going to be performing. Um, and it's called Emily D plus Evolution. So it's going to be a really good show. It's going to be at the Barrymore Theater. Kansas is going to be performing on the 27th at Hope Chunk. And if you are an Elvis fan like I am, there is what's called the Elvis Explosion, which is going to be at the Lacrosse Center, and that's going to be way, way in the fall. So you know, better pack up your bags on the 11th. So let's kick it back into the jams here. This is an artist that I've always enjoyed, and they're just hilarious too, um, with um, their outfits, the French Rococo style, and I love it. Here is Versailles with the Reverend Choir.
Yeah. 
course, that was my friends. We are kings and queens with Now You Know. Uh, I just love that, like, Coldplay resonance in their music. And uh, Coldplay's a pretty decent band, too, if I do say so myself. So let's wrap up today's program with something I always do called Food for Thought, where it's just something that is on my mind and I just wanted to, you know, speak with you and let it resonate through my heart. And one thing I noticed, too, is when I was talking to uh, Dino today in the interview was that a certain term, you know, kept coming up, um, and that was, you know, refining yourself. And that's something that can be really hard to do. Uh, We live in an age where everybody is right, and if you have a certain social economic status, you can make other people feel bad about themselves and vice versa. But there was something I was talking with my father uh, with today, and it was the matter of determination. And I think something that's really important for people to really understand is that sometimes you have to go through repetition in order to get where you want to be. And you have to have some core determination to make it. The entertainment industry, as you can see with every interview I've done on this program so far, is not an easy business. Unless you're Paris Hilton and your parents have millions of dollars and you can buy your media if you want to, um, that doesn't necessarily equate to people being interested in you. The reason why celebs are celebs or the reason why we call them celebrities in the first place is that these are people that we love to hate whether we're open with that hate or not. And sometimes we put these celebs on pedestals like Beyonce, for example, and they get treated like gods. You know, their fan base is very loyal to them. And the reason why that occurs is that there's something that Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, there's, you know, Kiss, um, Joan Jett, Lita Ford, Lana Dawes, of course, who's going to be coming on today's program. There's something that all these people have in common and that is, and Dino included from the pest today, and that is this. They are real. You cannot be successful without being real. And although there are people out there who are successful based on being a personality and being fake, it fades over time. But the people that are iconic, bands like the Beatles, you know, bands to me like Pearl Jam, bands like Nirvana, the reason why that their music is timeless and the reason why they have a very, very devout fellowship or followship of of people is due to the fact that they've always been themselves. Kurt Cobain never compromised himself. You know, Jim Morrison never compromised himself. So what I want to say to you all today is this. if Whether you want to be in the entertainment industry, nursing, business, whatever you want to do with your life, always be consistent with determination and be real with what you do. Because if you're not honest, People can see through the tomfoolery. If you're not content with who you are, if you're not happy with who you are, that's going to resonate in your music. That's going to resonate in other areas as well. And one of my favorite YouTubers, his name is Patrick Starr. He's a makeup artist. And he was was telling a brief story about how um, when he, you know, wanted to become a makeup artist. Um, and at that time, you know, people, there's, and still, people still have an issue with men, regardless if they're gay or not, with putting makeup on their face. And there was a particular story he mentioned where he was putting makeup on, you know, he looked, you know, of course, fabulous. I mean, if you've seen Patrick Starr's makeup, you know, <laughs> flawless, actually better than most straight women, to be honest with you. 
um, because a lot of them got some horrendous faces. Help me, Lord. But <laughs> that is besides the point. Um, but, you know, he mentioned that the place he was working prior to, they were kind of giving him a hard time. They were criticizing him, you know, telling him to, you know, be a boy, you know, put your man makeup on, you know, don't put this on, don't put that on. And then he mentioned that there was a turning point for him. And this is like his version of like the Cinderella story where someone just, you know, saw him at they well, his friend went to um, they have these beauty conventions like BeautyCon and IMATS New York and stuff like that. And he, I think they went to IMATS. And he ended up meeting Jeffree Star. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, you know, with Jeffree Star, he is a living, breathing performance art in him in itself, in himself, you know. So what ended up happening was he met him. And what was really ironic was, he, and he mentioned that, that the same makeup and look that these people were criticizing him for, he ended up meeting his hero. He ended up meeting Anastasia, of course, of, you know, Anastasia Beverly Hills and, and then he just it just circulated into his YouTube channel blowing up. I mean, this this kid is getting like 150,000 views just from makeup tutorials. And guess what? He does not discriminate. He has white women on his channel. He has black women. He has women of all different shades, men as well. And to summarize all of this, because I know I like to go on tangents with my food for thought sometimes, is that you have to make things happen. You cannot wait, just like what Dino said today, you cannot wait for opportunities. You know, this is a day and age we live in a digital, like, revolution. This is a day and age that someone like me, who's from Wisconsin, can, you know, sit in my home studio and make a radio program. I don't have to chase after the radio stations here in Wisconsin that never gave me a time of day because they said my voice was too masculine, you know, or the professors that I had you know, throughout my career so far that have told me that my voice was only made for R&B radio. That, if if I had sat down and listened to all that, I would not be doing this show. You know, whether I have 10 people listening or if I have zero people listening, I do this show because it's something that I'm passionate about. And, and when people tell me I can't do something, I piss them off more by making it happen. And that's how you succeed. That's how all these celebs you see out here, okay? It's a dog-eat-dog world, but the reason why we say Beyonce, the reason why we say Jay-Z, the reason why we say, you know, Gene Simmons, the reason why we say all of these popular people, Brett Michaels, all these people, is because they had determination to make things happen, and they did it by any means necessary. This doesn't mean you do the wrong things and you step over people. It's always good. Like what Patrick Starr said in his Cinderella story video it is always good. And it always pays off to be nice. Because when you're nice, let me tell you, I could be a bitchy person. I could let this show be the, you know, the inflammation of, you know, of extorted ego, like how some people in the radio industry and they know who they are act like. Or even some people in the media industry that I've met, people who I've looked up to, completely opposite than what you think they may be. So it's always good to be nice. It's always good to be humble. And, and that's the reason why, I like, look, unfortunately, Michael Jackson, he died, but he left a legacy. And you know why people admired him and liked him? Because he always had a good heart. So please have a good heart with everything that you do. Have a ruthless of aggression, of determination, and you will make it. I assure you, 
I'm grateful every day. I, I'm doing this show on Thursdays. I'm grateful every day for the Curvy Metal Head Show TV program. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, which is at Curvy Metal. You can also listen to the archives of this and previous episodes that were not crappy today <laughs> on, of course, blogtalkradio.com slash Curvy Metal. You can follow me on Pinterest, which is at pinterest.com slash Curvy Metal. And, of course, Facebooky. Um, you can follow me, facebook.com slash Quita for my main page. And then my fan page for the Curvy Metal Head Show is, of course, facebook.com slash metal. So I love each and every one of you. You're the reason why I do this. I don't have time to listen to haters. I piss on them because that's what I'm good at is making sure that I get things done and to be the success that I know that I can be. And I do this not only for myself. I do this for the people who have been disenfranchised. I do it for my people who never get recognized because there's so many stereotypes about African people out there. But I mainly do it for people who feel that they're misfits and they can't achieve something. Because trust me, I was the woman that, you know, the girl growing up too that said that I would never amount to anything. And baby, look at me now. (laughs) I'm going to leave you today with an, with a DJ who I've always loved, one of my favorite drag queen DJs. This is B. Ames with the Why Don't Do Right remix. Okay? Remember to stay classy and don't be trashy.